Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I'm your host, Frank LaRosa, and as always, joined by my president of Elite Consulting Partners, Dale Dempsey. What's up? Hey, lots of stuff going on. Great president to be here. of Elite Consulting Partners. Yeah. It's got a good sound to it. That's awesome. So today we're going to talk. Welcome back. For those of you that are listeners, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about something, and I use the term the slow boil, right? The boiling frog scenario. And by the way, if you're a financial advisor and you're working at a wirehouse firm, you're the frog. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> anyway, that's really funny. You, yeah, you are the frog. You are the frog. So what does that mean? And we're doing this show. It's beginning of January, beginning of the new year. Firms rolled out their comp plans. And true to form, these firms, and I'm not picking on any particular firm, so it's not really like that. It's really, for the most part, like W-2 firms in general. They make these changes and you hear the stories, well, we're not. It's revenue neutral. We're making some changes, some tweaks, some adjustments, and it's revenue neutral. We're not lowering your payout. We're just moving some of the money around. We're taking some money and putting it into deferred comp. Oh, so they're taking some of your cash and putting it into deferred comp. They'll spin the story, but really what they're doing, I'm not saying it's right or wrong and that's their role, but I think that as an advisor, you have to open your eyes to what's happening. Every time they do that, it's a defense mechanism for the firm, not for you as an advisor, right? The whole what's in it for me scenario, right? When a firm changes the comp plan, rarely do they say, what's in it for the financial advisor? Like, let's change the comp plan and make this better for the financial advisor. It's not usually how it goes down. It's what's in it for the firm. Should we maybe just describe the frog part too, though? So there's an old story about how do you boil a frog? The scenario is, right, if you take a, it is what it is, but if you if you take a frog and you throw a frog into a boiling pot, into an existing boiling pot, pot water, the frog's going to jump right out. Right. But what happens is if you take a frog and you put them in a pot of cold water and you slowly turn the heat up, the frog doesn't understand what's happening and boils. And that's what I see happening at a lot of major firms that are continuing to push deferred comp out. You're sitting there as an advisor and they're turning the pot up. And what's going to happen eventually is you're going to get priced out of, I call it priced out of the market, meaning priced out of your ability to move firms, meaning laterally, so W2 to W2, but even more importantly, and I think this is one of their defense mechanisms because they don't really have a real defense against it, the flow and movement of advisors going from W2 to 1099 from retail, what I call retail production to independence. And the reason why I say that you're getting priced out of the market is because the more and more deferred comp you build, that's seven years, eight years, nine years, 10 years out, the bigger that number gets, the harder it's going to be for a new firm to come up with the money to make you whole on your deferred comp. You're getting priced out of options, basically right? Not out of the market, but really priced out of options. Because you, you might be at, and again, I'm not picking on any one particular firm, but you're at firm A, I'll just say it's Morgan Stanley. 
and you're at Morgan Stanley and the deferred comp keeps growing, whatever the reasons are, you just don't want to be there anymore. And maybe you want to go to Raymond James or UBS or some other firm. It doesn't matter. Those new firms only have so much money to dole out where their economics on your business are going to be make sense for them. Every firm looks at internal rate of return. What's their internal rate of return on giving you this bucket of money based on an 85% retention rate of your assets in the first year and then a growth rate of 5% or 7% or whatever the number is? They boil down to, no pun intended, a internal rate of return. And so the more deferred comp you have, and then when you go back to one of these other firms and say, well, you need to make me whole my deferred comp, eventually they're going to run out of money and the internal rate of return on their deal for you is untenable. And so you've priced yourself out of going to that firm. Yeah, run out of choices. Run out of choices. And if you're looking at going independent, forget about the firms that are out there that don't pay any transition dollars. But if you're looking at going independent, well, those deals are always smaller. You're not going to get 150% going to you know, LPL or some other independent firm or going to Raymond James's independent channel, right? You're going to get 40%, maybe 50%. Then you now have to look at what's your break even now going independent because a lot of advisors still move today. A lot of our clients move today with deferred comp on the table. They leave the deferred comp on the table. The difference is they go to an independent firm. And so maybe the break even in terms of total profitability on the move, even with leaving deferred comp behind, is maybe four or five years, right? But what if it's seven or eight years because you're leaving so much more deferred comp? And every month you stay, what doesn't it compound? Compounds. Every month you stay. And if you know you're going to be leaving in, in a year or two, like you saying, hey, listen, when I hit this number, I know I'm leaving my firm. But if your firm is taking 8% of your production and putting it into deferred comp that you're not going to get for eight years, and so you, and you know, you've already said you're not going to be there for eight years, you're literally just throwing that money away. We had just thought of this. I thought it was funny, but it's actually not funny. So it's not somebody, somebody's yeah. real life, right? But right. I thought it was funny because this is how it was presented to me. Working with an advisor for the last few years, and they're working with someone else here. So they said, oh, they're finally going to move. They've picked a date and they're going to get X amount of dollars on that date. And that's why they had to push it out so far. Okay. And I asked, well, so how much is the deferred comp? They gave me the number. I said, oh, well, so how long have you been talking to them? They gave me the time period. Real quick math, it was a wash. Actually, they were probably behind by about $40,000. It was shocking to me. I shouldn't laugh, but I thought it was kind of funny. So wait a second, you you didn't think about this real quick. You just, you know, you waited and waited and waited. And there's no reason to wait because actually you've lost money by waiting. Not a lot. I mean, $40,000, hey, anybody, it's meaningful to me. 40000 is meaningful, but... Yeah, you know, the, the, what you've probably lost out on gaining in the new firm is significant. Right. Now, especially, and and it's, it's compounded when you go, when you're at a W-2 firm and you're going independent. Because then what you have to look at is, you might say, I'm going to wait till the end of the year because I'm getting a $100,000 bonus at the end of the year. I'm getting a piece of my deferred back. But if you're doing $2 million, the income difference with you being independent is $50,000 a month. We see that often. If you're waiting for a hundred thousand dollar deferred comp in nine months, but in order to do that, it's costing you fifty grand a month, right? <laughs> you don't. Think. You're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Yeah. Right. And so, and we've done some of that. I've had a client that was going to do that, 
they were going to wait. And then he calls me up one day and says, it didn't dawn on me what you were trying to tell me the other day. And I just finally figured out what you're talking about. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He goes, all right, well, so how fast can we get out of here? Exactly. Because it's costing us, this was a bigger team, it's costing us 100 grand a month. So you think early on when this deferred comp thing starts, you get a dollar amount and a date in your mind, and that's the problem. Right. And then you lose focus of what's going on just currently. Yeah. What a strange thing. Look, I think the problem... Some of it is just status quo. These firms bet on that the majority of advisors are going are gonna to look to status quo. It's like death by a thousand cuts, kind of you know, same scenario, right? Boiling frog, death by a thousand cuts. That's what they do. And they're playing this game of chicken. What I see is most advisors are playing a short game, right? How much is the deal oh, yeah. today? How much is... But these firms, firms that have been around for, for a long, 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 long time, oh, yeah. right? plan on being around for a long, 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 long time, they're playing long ball. Well, you so think- they're looking at it like, hey, we're going to make this change. We'll turn the knob a little bit. Not too much because you don't want that frog to jump out of the pot. By the way, again, if you're an advisor, I'm referring to you. And so they make these changes knowing that it'll start to build down the road. The other thing that they're doing is, in a way, that's like forced savings for them. Is right? It, it's like they're padding the it's pockets like it's like if an advisor leaves. It's like forced savings for them because they know that every year when they make some of these changes, they're going to have a certain level of attrition. When you're an advisor and you leave your firm and you have unvested deferred comp, you lose it, right? And guess where it goes? They don't like distribute it to the other advisors in the office that got your book of business. They take it. That's the way business works. I'm not saying it's like wrong or illegal or anything like that. I'm just saying you need to open your eyes to what's actually happening. So that, and make a decision to stay, don't stay. I'm not, again, not referring to that, but our goal when we work with clients is to make sure you as a client understands all the facts and understands what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. We talk about this whole gap, right? This 40,000, 20,000, whatever the number is every month, right? 100,000. When you go through that math and you figure out what the gap is, you have to, get comfortable with the fact that that's what you're paying to stay at your firm. Right. Right. So if you're staying at a wirehouse firm because you're not sure you want to go independent or whatever it is, and the difference in income, forget about the post-tax, the difference in pre-tax income is 50 grand or 25 grand if you're not a multimillionaire producer. Well, it's costing you $25,000 every month just to be at your office. And I say be at your office, we all know you're not really at your office anymore. What are you really paying for? You're paying. That's what you're paying to, to get serviced by when your manager, the people in the office, the desk, the office, the computers, the printers, all that stuff. That's why you're seeing this big trend to independence coming full circle on this thing. There's a huge trend to going independent. And I don't really think wirehouse firms, for the most part, some of the regionals may be getting closer, but I don't think that they have a real answer to how to slow it down. And so the best thing that they can do is limit the damage. And the way they limit the damage is deferred comp, deferred comp, deferred comp. Well, they're, they're going to leave. We'll take the money. Yep. So our margins go up that year. We're making frog soup. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what it boils soup. down to. Right. Pun intended. Pun intended. This has been something that's been on my mind. And I get frustrated with it every year when it happens because they spin it like it's a great thing. But they're, they're just playing long ball. And... You know, I think that every advisor should understand what's happening. And if you're comfortable with that, 
awesome. That's that's okay. But I just it's like it's my job in our job to make everybody aware of what we see happening, and this is what we see happening. And if you're thinking about your future, and in your mind you've already made this decision that you know your future is not with the current firm that you're at for whatever reason. Maybe you know you say, hey, "I got one more deal in me." I hear that? I got one more deal in me, or I'm at an age now where I need to go independent because I need to have the energy to build and all those things. If you're making those decisions in your mind, where you've already made that decision, like you know the firm that you're at is not where you're going to spend the rest of your career, and that's a firm that really loads up on deferred comp, you actually need to start thinking about making that move earlier. And I know that sounds self-serving because that's what we that's how we help people, but the fact is, every day you're there, every year you're there, putting money into an eight-year deferred comp plan. Is just throwing money away. Unless you own your own firm and you have your own well, set of deferred comp plan. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, different. And that's for a whole other topic yeah. about why so many people are going independent because you can do stuff like that. Uh, and you can set up your own vesting schedule and all that great stuff. So anyway, I hope that made sense. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much, but it's a, it's a thing that I, that I see that's, that concerns me the most from an advisor's point of view. I always feel like I'm still an advisor and I look at it, things that way. I have friends that are advisors and I want to smack them sometimes and be like, oh my God, you understand what they're doing? You know. So thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. Uh, don't forget if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, don't forget to check us out on YouTube at Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Go to our website. We have a lot of great things on our website. We have a whole list of our past podcasts, lots of good stuff. We got a lot of things coming out also soon. So don't forget to mash the like button. Ring the bell. Ring the bell whatever you want to call it. Subscribe, comment. Subscribe, comment. We're holding on to a five-star rating on our podcast, so we like that very nice. much. So keep keep those ratings coming. We appreciate it. Send in any topics that you want us to talk about. Uh, you can send it to Dale at EliteConsultingPartners.com or you can give him a buzz if you want to have a confidential conversation about not getting uh, boiled any longer. Uh, 856-316-4653 <laughs> or you can call me at 4651. Thanks a lot. Great talk. See you next time. Great talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts. <laughs>